Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Sean Henry. He's the President of CrowdStrike Services. Sean, thanks so much for joining thanks me. Thanks for having me. So the topic today is Beyond PII and IP Theft. Some of the major risk factors that organizations have to be prepared for, not just this year, but beyond. So Sean, in terms of the current threat landscape, everybody's concerned about PII, intellectual property theft, loss of credentials. What do you think they're overlooking in terms of emerging areas of attack? Uh, you know, I, I think what's most important is um, people are lo overlooking the priority risks. What are the real risks? Loss of credit cards, certainly within the financial services sector, is a big deal. It's an inconvenience for us as consumers when we've got to change uh, some of our payment me mechanisms and nobody wants to go through that. But the reality is we have adversary groups that are targeting networks to disrupt them and to destroy them. And we've actually seen some attacks on companies here in the United States where whole parts of their networks have been completely destroyed, which means it's not just a financial risk to the organization and a reputational risk, which you need to be concerned about, but it's an operational risk. Because if your network is destroyed, you're not able to do the day-to-day -day business that allows you to keep your organization up and running. So um, I, I tell people all the time, we hear about the PII because that's what gets the, the media's attention. But as a company, you need to focus on the much more significant threats to ensure that you're safe. Sean, over the past year, and especially recently, we've seen a surge in ransomware attacks. What are your thoughts on how organizations should both prepare for and respond to these attacks? So when, when we're talking about ransomware, we're talking about an exploitation on the network. So all of your standard tactics and techniques related to keeping your, uh, your network secure, making sure you're doing patching, you've got uh, multiple layers of defense and those sorts of things is critically important. Um, also, you need to have endpoint protection, which allows you to detect uh, when there's uh, a malicious attack, including ransomware. Uh, but in this particular case, I think we have to highlight more importantly than almost any other type of attack, you've got to have a backup plan. You have to have continuity of operations plan. You've got to have um, uh, backups, copies of your critical data. It's got to be done systematically, regularly, routinely, and it's got to be kept in a separate location. So if in fact there is a ransomware attack, your data becomes encrypted, you're able to relatively quickly uh, reconstitute your capability so that you can operate. Now, given the changing threat landscape, how have the core defense models changed? What new security strategies should organizations be adopting? Uh, I think for the last two decades, the security industry has focused on defense in depth. Uh, multiple layers of defense, firewalls, dual uh, user uh, authentication, dual factor authentication. Um, there's a whole host of things that we layer on top of each other, which we still need to continue, but the new strategy is about being proactive and for organizations to expect that regardless of the levels of defense that you've got on your network, somebody is going to get on there and you have to be able to very quickly detect them because if you can detect them, you can mitigate the consequences. If the adversary is on your network for months or in many cases, I saw when I was in the FBI, years completely undetected, there are going to be substantial problems and impacts in your organization. Sean, we hear a lot about dwell time, especially related to threat detection. Is it also an issue during incident response and remediation? It certainly is. So, uh, uh, you know, the dwell time, adversaries on the networks, four months, six months, a year, uh, undetected, 
they have an opportunity to, to uh, take many malicious uh, efforts. They've got an opportunity to map that entire network. They can move data in and out almost at will. Um, if you detect them quickly, you can absolutely mitigate the attack. In all of the major attacks that we've seen where PII has been stolen or in some of the destructive attacks even, um, the analysis after the fact determined that the adversary had been there for many months. From an IR perspective, it's critically important that when you identify the attack, that you get in with the right team, with the right technology, and you identify the totality of the breach so that you are able to remediate it. Let's talk a bit more about IR overall. What do you see as some of the key factors that organizations should consider either pre or post breach? You know, I, I always, I, I talk all the time, people laugh sometimes because it's a military or a law enforcement term, but I, I, I want to be left of boom. I don't want to come in after the explosion and try to piece together who did it. Uh, I'd much rather be on the other side of the boom so that we can defend against it or identify it and then disrupt it. Um, that That is one of the most important pieces. So you've got to be proactive. And there are a lot of different uh, capabilities you can employ. Um, penetration testing and different iterations of that. Um, doing compromise assessments to enable you to get visibility into your network to see if there are indicators that there's an attack underway or a legacy attack, helping you to identify who the adversaries are that are uh, likely to target your organization. By collecting that intelligence and getting a much better understanding of who the adversaries are, you can work more quickly to identify them and disrupt them. So proactive, really important. If you are doing an IR, it's, it's, it's really got to be speed to remediation, quickly containing the issue, and then helping the organization become whole again. Talk to me a bit about endpoint protection. What do you feel your customers need in the next generation of endpoint security? Uh, you know, endpoint security is um, traditionally has been signature-based, and you think about traditional AV, it's based on the known bad. If we know it's bad and we've got that signature loaded into our uh, capability, we're going to detect it. The reality of it is today, um, two things. One is adversaries are, are changing the hashes very easily by flipping bits. Uh, they're using new malware or in many cases no, uh, no malware. Yeah. So it's not about identifying the signature, it's about identifying the actual behavior. I had a, um, a colleague tell me a story the other day and I thought it was a terrific metaphor. He said, imagine you're online at the bank and you see five guys walk in and they pull a mask over their face as they walk in, but they make a deposit. And then you have you know, a 75-year-old grandmotherly type who walks in with her glasses and a big smile on her face and she walks up to the teller and she points a gun at her and, and takes the cash out. Now, people watching it from the outside would say, those five guys must be bad. It doesn't matter what they look like. What matters is the actions that they took. Our endpoint technology is about identifying the malicious behavior, the processes that shouldn't be occurring, not looking for the signatures, because the signatures don't always tell the story. Hey, Sean, last question for you. We talked about strategy. We talked about some of the tools. Talk to me about the skills gaps that you often see organizations facing, and where are they going to find the skills? Yeah. The roles they need. It's a great question. It was one of the issues when I was in the FBI that was a, a, a tremendous concern. Um, do we have the right pipeline? And there's been in the in the U.S. a big increase in STEM, um, science, technology, engineering, and math. How do we build the core capabilities? That's one piece. But then getting people interested in the security aspect. 
So it's not about getting the right technical skills, which you then apply to building applications, but can you get people to start focusing on security? Or if they are building applications, educate them to the point where they're building security intrinsically within the application. It's an organic um, um, building of that uh, capability. Um, I, I think it begins with education, both at the primary level schools, uh, through the university, but also the education about what the opportunities are and the education about what the real risks are to get people to gravitate towards security and to get uh, technology companies to build the security into their technology. Good. Sean, I appreciate your time and insight. Thanks for having me. I've been talking with Sean Henry, president of CrowdStrike Services for Information Security Media Group. I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.